and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of TV My Husband Hates. How you doing, Reagan? I am so excited. I am packing for my trip to London on Saturday. Whoop, whoop. I am so excited to have you. <laughs> Uh, I'm excited, but I'm also now having to make sure I'm packing three of us because our kids are going um, to grandparents' house. So I have to make sure they're all packed. So I'm in like laundry hell today, but totally worth it. Worth every oh my God. bit of pain getting ready for the trip. And we have got so much exciting stuff planned for when you're here. We've got a guest podcast to record with somebody super cool. I'm not going to spill the beans yet. We've got photo shoots. We've got events to go to. Oh, yeah. Our Instagram is going to be, it's going to be like London spam for the next week. I'm so excited. Me too. Um, well, over here, it's, Reagan. you'll appreciate this. Yeah. We had snow yesterday. I saw that. I mm-hmm. assumed the entire city grounded to a halt. Well, no, it didn't, none of it settled, so it was fine, but obviously everybody got their niggas and twists, me included, because it's supposed to be nearly spring and it's a lot. So I feel like I can empathize with you on a teeny tiny level. <laughs> That's just like an average morning over here. But uh, oh, yeah, we actually, I- did we get snow this week? I feel like we got a little bit, nothing to chat nothing about. Nothing to write, nothing to chat in the podcast about. No. In Weather Corner. No, Weather Corner is fairly benign this week, so we're good to well, go. Well, listen, we are here for another six shows this week. We've got uh, the usual lineup, and actually, I think we're going to lose New Jersey this week. It was the season finale. We will. So the next time you hear us chatting about New Jersey, it'll be on a mini-sode all about the reunion, which I cannot wait for. Me too. And also, speaking of minisodes and reunions, uh, England has finally got its dirty, filthy little hands on the second part of Below Deck reunion. So Reagan and I are going to record that in real life, in the same room together for the first time uh, (laughs) on Monday. So we're going to try and drop that out on Monday night. We'll see if I can't pin Jimmy down and force him into some free editing labor. Granted, we'll be doing like couples night on Monday night. So maybe it'll be Tuesday. Or maybe I just won't feed him until he's edited the podcast. Like the way you think. Uh Uh-huh. So should we get on with it? Yes. So the Real Housewives of Atlanta will be our first chat today. And I think really the big thing is kind of the couple's bowling night and seeing how Ken, yeah, <laughs> and Mark uh, interact together. I know, and do you know what? Here's the thing with this this couple. Throughout the season, the minimal interaction we've seen between them has never really been positive. This, I think, is the first episode, and I'm not saying it's positive, but right. this is the first episode where I actually feel that there are moments where I see them enjoying each other's company. So after they take their little one, whose name I've forgotten, swimming, Brooklyn. which in our house we always call it fucking swimming because I... Fucking hate fucking swimming. <laughs> anyway, so they're, they're obviously like first baby, 10 months in. This is all very exciting. Oh, yeah. I love going swimming. Call That's me in when six it's fun. fucking years, Kenya. Call me in <laughs> six years. Uh, but they ha- seem to have a conversation where they make each other laugh and they get on. And I thought, oh, maybe this isn't quite the dysfunctional marriage that it seems to be. I totally agree with you. I was. I felt that I could finally say... I understand why these two people got married. When they're good, they are really, really good. I think 
and maybe this is skipping ahead a bit in the conversation, but I think the problem is that they are two, there are two alphas in one relationship. And they are so alpha that they can't really give each other moments without totally shutting down. I feel when we see Kenya as Ken interact with Mark, she's totally shut down and gives like, there's none of her there. Whereas I feel there needs to be a bit more balance. But again, I think they're so alpha, the balance can't be there, which would be my guess on why it doesn't work. And I think you made a really good point when we were chatting before that actually, you know, they've got into this marriage at 40 years old, right? Yeah. And so they're very set. And at 40, you're very set in your ways. Like, I mean, I'm 40 in two years, 18 months. And (laughs) if I was just starting a relationship... God, and thinking what we've been through and how we've had to evolve to get where we are now, to start that at 40, that is a real testament to, I mean, it's a real fucking challenge. Absolutely. I found it a huge struggle when I was 23 moving in with my soon-to-be husband. I found that a challenge to learn how to live together. That first year was total shit. But I could not imagine doing it in a year in like, you know, 13 months time when I turned 40, (laughs) I couldn't imagine having to just start that process at that point when you've kind of been on your own the entire time and everything in your life is how you want it to be and how you say, I think that coming together would be really difficult. And let's not forget, these guys don't even live together. Like one's in New York and one's in Atlanta. So this is a really weird setup for them. Having said that, I feel like it was good for us to see a connection between them that felt vaguely positive. Um, and and I thought that this whole distinction between the Kenya and the Ken thing and the way all the ladies reacted to it, they were like sitting up like meerkats, like somebody dares to speak to Kenya like that. And she just rolls over. They're like, I want a piece of that. I know. I feel like they all had their phones out taking quiet little notes on how Mark talks to Kenya and his mannerisms and how he's able to tame the beast, which I kind of want to smack myself for saying, I don't want anyone to tame anybody else. But at the same time, Kenya can just be way too over the top. So kind of just bringing her down to a 10 from like a 25. Well, I mean, and tame two beasts because of course he pulls Nini in. Like he doesn't give Nini or Kenya any room to give him any shit. He's like, this is the way it is. This cause is bigger than anybody's ego, bigger than anybody's argument. We'd love to have you there. Ken agrees. Ken's like that. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Everybody's like, what? Where's the real Kenya? Um, And Mark just steps in and doesn't take any bullshit. And for that, I have to say, there's a little bit of me that wants to give him a high five. I totally agree. I came away from this episode really liking Mark and liking that he's kind of the adult in the room. Like, you know what? This has nothing to do with us. Let's just move on. It's a great cause that we should all be behind. None of this bullshit matters. And I thought he really got along well with the other dudes and really made an effort to make everybody feel included in the event, which I think sometimes is lacking from these big group things other than Tanya's stuff. I think she did a good job making everybody feel comfortable. But Mark did a great job with this event. I think the charity thing will probably be good for a while. I feel like we've seen previews to where it probably disintegrates quite a bit. But Yeah, and I suspect as well that this time next week we won't be so in love with Mark. 
or yeah, Kenya. But exactly. it doesn't look it doesn't look like this is going to go well. But for now, we can all sort of bask in the glory of, you know, a momentary pause for for Kenya and Mark and and perhaps, you know, give them a week to enjoy their marriage before it all goes tits up. Absolutely. I wrote down that it was really interesting catching the interactions between Kenya and Mark because while on the whole it was positive, I definitely heard some digs that I think oh, alluded yeah. to what's going to happen, you know, what ends up happening in their relationship when, when they get a divorce and why they do. Because some of it kind of made me side-eye the non-existent person sitting next to me on the couch while watching the show and be like, what? Did I just hear that right? Oh, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, and another relationship that I'd like to talk to you a little bit about Atlanta, obviously, is Cynthia and Mike, because on the flip side, I felt this was the first time we'd seen Cynthia and Mike get a little bit salty with each other. It's definitely the first time we've seen them disagree in the same room. Um, and I think Cynthia makes an excellent point that they need to learn how to like productively argue. I mean, I'm still working on that with the person I've been with since I was 21. So, <laughs> you know, it's definitely not an easy fix by any means. Um, but I think the way they're going about it is pretty smart. Like going to see a therapist, trying to figure out how to argue right at the beginning before they actually get married. I mean, I think there's no way she she can't she can't not read his book. Like if my if my husband or partner or whatever had written a whole book, of course, like of course I'm going to read right. it. Right. Like, you know, if he published his text messages, of course I'm going to read it. Like <laughs> there's just no fucking way that she's not going to read it. But I really fully believe in counseling pre pre relationship counseling, right. and I think actually the mis- the the fact that counseling gets such a bad rep is because people think that you only do it when there's no hope left. And it's, you know me, I'm a big proponent of counseling. Um, And to see a couple take responsibility, recognize that they're not perfect, not fall into this fucking fairy tale trap of, we're just so in love and we're going to be happy ever after. Oh, goodness. And go, you yeah. know what? We, we need to make sure that we've got these tools in place uh, if we're going to survive this. I applaud the shit out of that. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all goes. My heart of hearts, I think they will still get married. They're going to work on figuring out how to argue and actually everything will be cool by the time they actually get there. Yeah, and I think as well, Mike stands more of a chance of being faithful if he is approaching this marriage in a different way. So we'll see. Yeah, and I feel like that's the way Cynthia needs to read the book as well. Not take everything that he did in the past as the present. Take his past as this is what he's gone through to get to get to the present, not how he is now. Yeah, I agree. Like, accept it, embrace it, be grateful for it, that all right? of that brought him and her to a place where they could have this relationship. You can't trust, I mean, you can't judge a guy on all of his past stuff. Like, at some point, if you're going to get into a relationship with a man who's in his 50s, you're going right. to have to accept that there's shit he's done that you're not going to like. Absolutely. And so you make a decision. She's made a decision. Let's handle it and move on. Agreed. All right, shall we move to the uh, Shaws of Sunset? Oh, oh, yes. (laughs) Which opens up in the absolute most brilliant way of Reza running in gold. I love it. Dripping, dripping in Cartier. Yeah, all over the the rings, the bracelets, the watches, the necklaces. You know how some people like to amp up their workout by like putting bricks in a backpack and running with that? 
Like he doesn't need to. He's like, do you know what? And today I'm going to wear three Cartier bracelets and four <laughs> Cartier necklaces. I'm just going to amp up my workout that way, add the extra weight. Um, and then obviously G- uh, Gigi turns up looking just as Persian, ready to right. run. So it was just a great scene. And I, and I feel like we got a little bit of a karma razor in the wake of naked Jenga slash text pest. Ab- absolutely. I really like the playfulness of him and Gigi because it's definitely not always been there throughout the seasons. They've had a really combative friendship for a long time. I love it when they're like fun and playful and Gigi doesn't even know how to run and yeah. it just all cracked me up. <laughs> Me too, but also I love that they're also being really fun and playful with with Adam now. Obviously, Ali has made a de- uh, Razor has made a decision to put this yeah. behind him, like to to move on. And you know, they're all taking the piss out of Adam. You know, Mike brings Jenga to the mud run, and um, there's a comment that he makes on the way there, and it's all and Adam's taking it in good fun. And I think this is the way to handle it. Razor and him have had this conversation, has grown away. Now they're moving on. Adam has to accept he's gonna get ribbed for it. And eventually it's just done. Well, and I think the whole group needs to move on. I feel if Reza has made peace with it, then that's the line and everybody just needs to get on board and move on. So I definitely think next episode we see more of the reaction of MJ and her husband from all of this. I feel like that that was the preview at the end. So we may be singing a different tune next week. Yeah, I think for now. Well, I think it's interesting because I, you know, I have no doubt, we all know Mercedes, I have no doubt she was probably sat on bed rest and probably did do all the things that Destiny says she did because I do believe Destiny. I think Destiny's telling the truth. I think Merce fanned these flames. Right. We talked about it last week. I think bigger fucking shit's going on right now that this is really not something you take to her now. But if you haven't had a baby, how do you know? So we're going to see how this plays out. Absolutely. Um, I can't imagine how bored as fuck you get being on bed rest for so long. No, I mean I'm I, I'm and the slightest bit tit bit of gossip that comes right. your way, I get you're gonna eat it. I'd be the same. I especially I, about the outside world. Like there's word from the outside, <laughs> something's going on. I don't know. But I get the impression that it was Mercedes that introduced this term sexually harassing, which is what has set Razor off right. so vehemently because it that's really inflammatory. And that's not what Adam's doing. Like, yes, he's inappropriate. Yes, he's crossing lines. But Ali, this is not his first rodeo. Like, it's not going to be offending Ali. He's just using this to get airtime. And I think Mercedes gave him a... I think she's probably fanned the flames. But I'm interested to see um, how it plays out. But I did feel for Destiny. And I'm glad that Razor and Destiny kind of made it up. Oh, me too. I I have a really big place in my heart for Destiny. I feel she's done nothing on any of the seasons of the shows, the show that she's been on that would lead me to believe that she'd be hurtful on purpose. And that car, by the way, is so badass. Oh my God, it's so badass. And you the know what 1965 else is Lincoln Continental with suicide doors. Fucking brilliant. But you know what else is badass? The fact that she sends a fucking kumquat tree. And then is like offended when he just refers to it as a plant. She's like, it's not a fucking plant. It was a tree. And the fact that you called it a plant makes me think that you don't give a shit. I'm like, babe, (laughs) uh okay, just call your jets a bit. I mean, I know you love a kumquat, but babe. Um, Also, before we move on from Destiny, one of my favorite scenes of all time in reality TV is Destiny and the Pregnant Possum. 
Oh my gosh. I hate possums. They are gross. They look disgusting. But that was the best moment of the show, hands down. And then when that guy like pulls up with a blanket to like help it. Oh, I just, and she's like, oh, you were born to do this, you pregnant <laughs> possum. I was, I loved it. But do you know what possums remind me of? Do you know in Princess Bride, those rodents of unusual size when he's going through the, they, I always think of them as mini versions of that. Yeah. So that's, but he was, she was so cute. She just wanted to have those babies. I feel like possums are a cross between those animals. And then do you remember in Beetlejuice when like, Beetlejuice pulls his face like really, or like he pulls it really long and then he has like the eyes. That's what it looks like too. It's like Beetlejuice and those gigantic rodents. I always love an underdog. And so I can't hate possums. I just can't. And that little pregnant one waddling around and destiny, like it's a birthing partner was just such a, it was like such a golden moment. The possum doula. Yes. (laughs) Damn it. That's a job that should exist. Um, Anyway. So I think everything's good in the group. Uh, we had like a little bit of Nima and Erica. I don't know how that's oh, going to go. Like, I think I Erica like her would be insane. Well, I don't really like her either, but she would be insane to get back with him. I mean, he essentially only likes her because, I mean, he puts it that way. She's the best for me, but I'm the absolute worst for her. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't make a relationship. No. But I don't like her and I do like Nima. I'm struggling with that. Yeah, but I think Nima can find somebody. I, I mean, I think yeah, they both can. can. Like, they don't need to revisit. Yeah. yeah, they don't need to revisit this dynamic. Um, oh, we course, also. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, Gigi finds out that she can get impregnated. That's not the right word. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, imp- it is. Implanted. Yeah. But the I mean, impregnated is Something. the same. It's the same. She's going to have a baby. Um, on Friday. On Friday, on fr- she'll be getting fr- her eggs put in. <laughs> on Friday, she's going to get pregnant. Yes. Um, and she's going to give up weed, apparently. Yeah. I mean, just like casual drinkers give up their casual glass of wine. GG, yeah. the uh, quote, casual pot smoker, end quote, uh, I think, will be able I think to give Razor it up just says, fine. GG smokes more weed than Snoop Dogg. <laughs> so, not sure, casual. Really yeah, hard. no. But um, I mean, let's see how that goes. I'm sure Absolutely. it's going to be fine. I'm sure she's not going to lose her shit at all because she, she's always been that really calm, centered, you know. Totally. Chilled out. Namaste, I mean, her, Gigi. Her eyes in the interviews are like at half mast. Like she's barely <laughs> awake. Do you know what I mean? She can. Yeah. Ridic. But I did love her look, by the way. That kind of Catholic widow look with the neck oh, yeah. so fierce. She, she can rock great. a look like nobody else's business. I, I I feel for Gigi because I think she smokes pot because she has rheumatoid arthritis. So she has kind of a constant, like a chronic pain thing. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, your body changes so much when you're pregnant. I hope she's all right during pregnancy because I think it has a, possibility of turning her even more batshit crazy oh i mean no weed rheumatoid arthritis hormones it it's a recipe for a gg yeah. cocktail of disaster but i'm here for it like I'm absolutely here to watch it. um let's 
get our sea legs on and move to below deck sailing yacht, where I feel like my prediction of Jenna is slowly coming true. Absolutely it is. And I don't understand what it is with the leaders of the boat, both the chief stew and the lead and the bosun for like, I guess it's, he's still called a bosun on a sailboat. First mate. How they just don't like that anybody is new on the boat. I feel like Paget has a problem with Parker because he's learning and he's new. Jenna has a problem with Georgia because she's pretty green and she's new, yet neither of them are actually showing them how to do their job. And both Georgia and Parker seem really willing to learn. Like Parker's yeah. like, tell me what you need. I'll listen. Just keep telling me what you need. Can I ask any more questions? Like Parker's fucking keen as mustard. And Georgia is super sweet. She's a hard worker. She just needs, she's just never done it before. And it comes Absolutely. back to this mistaking her inexperience for incompetence. It's not okay, but Jenna is really starting to create a super toxic environment. It's because Jenna's doing no fucking work other than flirting her ass off with Adam and serving the meals. I feel like that's all we've seen her do. And I don't think that's possible when serving that many people on the boat to only have two people doing all the laundry, all the turndowns, and everything else. No, and she's... She's more interested in getting her rocks off with Adam than she is in doing her job properly. And actually, I feel like if Georgia just had some, if she just took like 15 minutes and was like, this is how we do the laundry. Right. She didn't even know where the washing machine was. She didn't even know which in the washing machine was. She just left her in that room and walked away. And I don't like her attitude because I don't like the way she makes Georgia cry and then laughs about it. So mean girl bullshit. So mean girl. But I also don't like this idea. It's like, well, this is the yachting way. It's just like a baptism of fire. If you can't hack it, get out. It's not okay. I mean, let's, let's compare. I mean, Kate on Below Deck can be a huge bitch. But nobody can say she never takes the time to show, like, people their jobs and whatever. I mean, she, you know, she does. You can be a bitch and still show people how to do their job. It's not that difficult, but I guess you can't do it when you're trying to get in the chef's pants. And then then Jenna gets really annoyed and goes and runs back to Adam when she asks Georgia to do something. Georgia's like, fucking hell, or whatever it is that she says. And Jenna can't understand why she's not getting loyalty and like a great work ethic from Georgia because she's done nothing to inspire it. And that's why she's a shit leader. Absolutely. I totally agree. But then, like, I find that so interesting. Remember how she handled Adam and George, like Adam complaining about Georgia and Jenna, that whole mess, like a couple episodes ago? This episode, we see Jenna going to Paget to complain about Parker, and then Paget goes to Parker. Sorry, all these P's are getting confusing. Has a chat about it, and then the problem is solved. Like I highlighted that and was like, Jenna, this is how you handle it. This is actually how you handle issues within your staff. But the reason that she does that is because Adam's not involved. She doesn't want to get brownie points with Adam on this one. She doesn't want to, like, you know, grease... (laughs) his wheels so to speak so she's like she does it the right way and Paget handles it they both handle it really really well um but for her Adam is going to be her downfall 
uh, if Absolutely. she's not careful. Uh, so I knew she was going to be a bitch. She's now showing herself to be a bitch, and I just wonder how far it goes. I'm sure we haven't even reached the tip. The glossy tip. So yes. moving on to Paget and Sierra, these two drive me fucking insane. I cannot bear to watch them on screen at the same time. No, and I think they're just as bad as each other, and we find out why, because Paget grew up on a barge and had no friends either. So I think we have two people who are a little socially inept dating <laughs> yeah. around a bunch of people, which is not working. I no, predict also, they will break up in the next few episodes. I agree. Um, but also, let's take a moment to really relish Paget's admission that one of the most attractive things about Sierra is that she's just like his mum. I love that when he says that, there's like a pause and we see the moment of self-realization come on to him. <laughs> Oh, that may not be okay. <laughs> it's like for 20, it's like for four years, however long they've been dating. He's been saying to himself in his head, like, oh, I love this girl. She's just like my mom. And, and it's not until he says it out loud that he suddenly realizes, oh, that doesn't sound quite as good as I thought it did. I wish we had a camera on production's response. Like I know. the facial expressions when he drops that. Because of my mind, the whole room goes completely silent and everyone's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Can I just say, if Jimmy ever said to, and this is nothing against his mother because my mother-in-law is a wonderful woman. But if Jimmy ever said, I love you because you remind me so much of my mother, I think I would vomit there and then. Like, <laughs> I think that's when you pick beard. up the phone. Beep, boop, beep, and call the therapist. Schedule an emergency <laughs> session. We need, we need to see you now. Like, let's Skype this shit. <laughs> you know that Oedipus shit? We've, we've got a dose of that. That's what we need to deal with. Do you call him Oedipus? Oedipal, Oedip- Oedipus. We call him Oedipus. Oh, no, no, Oedipus. No, we don't. Oh, now I'm all fucked up. Oh, it's, it's because Anyways. you're half English, practically. It's yeah. hard for you to know. But yeah, we call him Oedipus. Yeah. We call it, sure. we call it, we, we pronounce it differently. You do. Let's not yes. talk about the other words that you no. pronounce differently because aluminum gets me angry oh, every time. Moving on. Aluminium. <laughs> um, so, Paget's here. So, also, we see Paget continuing to flirt with Georgia. It, you know, I don't like Sierra, but even I'd be a little bit like, dude, like, yeah. just, let's not do it so obviously. Right. And he's the one that's in the wrong. I always wrong the person that's in the relationship for doing that yeah. versus I don't feel like Georgia's in the wrong at all because she's not the one in the relationship with the crazy lady. Well, and because it's respect, right? Sierra stood Absolutely. right there. Like, it's going to make her feel like shit, even if we don't like her. So I think he needs to figure it out. But I, I, I suspect it's not going to be an issue, like you say, within a few episodes, they will be done. Or um, off the boat. We'll see. Or off the boat. I think we do, I think we are going to have a few switches in personnel on this season. I think we're going to have a firing. I think we're going to have a walk. And I'm excited to see that shit because I want to see Captain Glenn get his badassery on. Me too. I feel he's been very vanilla. I want to see the salty captain come through. He's a fucking beige cardigan if ever I saw one. (laughs) Like, I mean, he's sweet and all, but... No. I, yeah. I need a bit more from my captains. We need a little more Lee. 
I mean, shit, even a little more Sandy in there. Yeah, you can't give me you can't give me Lee and then hand me Glenn and hope that that's going to be okay. It's just like, not okay. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, <laughs> it ruins the hard on. It's such a chub <laughs> destroyer. Um, <laughs> but I love that Adam tries to give him grief. Like, can we not put the cells up yet? And he's like, Ugh, don't you tell me how to sell. Though I, mean, I will say, having to work on a boat that's doing the zigzag thing—holy shit! Yeah, you know, it's hilarious watching them walk like this. You know, like, that's the moment where I go, probably I wouldn't have a one-month-old baby on this boat right now. Anyway. No, I loved how the drunk ladies from the last charter were just sliding across the floor when that would happen. That was fun. Yeah. (laughs) We totally do that. Greased by tequila. Um, Vanderpump rules. Vanderpump rules, where Sandoval gets demoted and kicked out of Jack's and Brittany's wedding. Here's the thing with Sandoval. I am watching the back seasons, and he is sweet. Yes, he's kind of, um, I want to say it's not intense is the word I'm looking for, but he is quite intense. He's quite rigid, but he's very sweet. He's got a good heart. He's good fun. He really obviously loves and cares for Ariana deeply, and I think that is hard, and I admire that in him. And I am now giving him a little bit more room because the early seasons, I like him a lot more. So I'm warming to him. He's getting a bit more 3D. But I get why Jackson and Brittany are so fucked off with him. Like, it was done. They'd fixed it. He didn't need to go in hard. And it just all felt like he was doing it for social media. Like, that's what I felt. I felt like he was doing it so the social media war- keyboard warriors like held him up as this kind of beacon of kind of goodness. And it's just not worth it. No, he was totally doing it for the gram to seem like he's this open, woke, evolved dude when really you just look like a dumbass and an asshole. Well, here's the thing as well. Like, it's your mates. So sometimes it's just more important to make shit right than to be right. And I think that Tom Sandoval could really, like even with Stasi, yeah, all of, if he could just sometimes remember that there's a bigger picture and actually just sometimes make the shit right rather than worry about being right. Absolutely. I think that's his biggest problem. I think you've hit it on the head, especially even with the Stasi situation. He just wanted to be right. He didn't care who it hurt or if it was actually the right thing to do. He just wanted yeah. to be in the right. Because in my opinion, the right thing to do would have been to have this conversation when you first saw it on social media ages ago. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I think not yell at them after they've already fixed the issue. Well, and because it wasn't that clean cut. It wasn't just like, you know, they had this pastor that made racist, homophobic remarks and they ignored it, whatever. This pastor was also a really close family friend for Britney. So that's a very difficult position for her to be in. There wasn't, of course, they were always going to get rid of her. It doesn't really matter rid of him. It doesn't really matter why and when they did it. But it wasn't just about, the guy, it was a lot of other shit tied in and Tom just doesn't get it. He's so fucking one track minded at times that he forgets that there's a bigger, there's bigger stakes at play. Yeah. The, the issue is so complex. It's got a lot of moving parts and it's two weeks before they are getting married, which is so stressful 
And the worst part of your marriage, in my opinion, is planning the wedding. I'm so glad I will never do another one again. Um, I just, you know. <laughs> be too soon. Oh, no. I would, I would never do a wedding again. I mean, if I did, even if, if I, I'm, even if my wedding was to end, it would be like standing in the in the register of yeah, the county hall. It would or just something. be like it would let's not just be get it a, done officially. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, that that was a digression. But I feel like Tom doesn't understand complexity of human relationships, and you know how one thing, yes, could. It, it is absolutely right to be angry at this pastor for saying homophobic, ridiculous remarks. You're 100% correct, but that's not all somebody is, you yeah. know, and the and different also, ties are complicated. And also, while it might be right to, to be pissed off at that, it's not always right to go and challenge somebody in a bar at somebody's birthday. Like, it, there's just Time so and place. many different things he needs to think about. And I get there's an element of him wanting to defend Ariana in this because, right. of course, she's bisexual, but... Well, it just doesn't matter. They're your mates. They're your best mates. And he's really, really. I I do think Jax is being a bit of a fucking drama queen. Like totally. not just demoting him from best man, but also kicking like not even inviting him to the wedding. I mean, they've been I, friends for like over 20 years. It's it's ridiculous. ridiculous. It yeah. is completely. But I think it's a knee-jerk reaction. And I think there's an element of protecting Britney in there as well. And you know. I hope they work it out. And I think Tom has finally got to a point where he's realized that maybe it's more important to make it right than to be right with the text. Um, but we'll see. I mean, he's already well, it's funny asked to me. now. I also feel like Ariana doesn't do anything to help the situation. No, Because she got I pissed agree. off at him for writing that text. And it's like, lady, they've been friends for so long. Like, there are some things that are more important. Chill out. Yeah, Let him do this. It's coming from his heart. This is his friend. It actually has nothing to do with you. I think as well, like, I think she's in a tricky place emotionally right. anyway. So I don't know if she knows what's good and bad and right and wrong right now. Like, she's just not well. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really interesting that having disinvited Tom from the wedding, Brittany is now, like, surprised that Ariana is struggling whether to go or not. All I'm surprised about is that Ariana's struggling. Like, I've got to be honest, if my husband was disinvited from a wedding, I, would, I wouldn't go. No. I, I totally like agree with you. Unless I was the one in the wedding first and I was best friends with the woman, honestly, then I would probably go and just, you know, whatever. I would probably do that. But it wasn't that way. Essentially, Ariana, Ariana's in the wedding because Tom was in the wedding. Yeah. Tom and Jax have a far longer relationship than Brittany and Ariana. I don't know. It I would don't be tricky. And, and also, he's already invited Randall to kind of take Tom's spot. <laughs> so it's going to be really awkward if him and Tom do make up. And then he's like, Randall, babe, I'm going to have to like, I don't think he like, would do that. I think I think the way it will turn out is they will in Tom and Ariana will end up going to the wedding but not being in it. Is is the way I predict it's all going to play out. You see, I think they're going to I think he's going to be best man and they're going to have Randall. They'll probably have Randall and Lala in there too. There you go. So we'll see. The more the merrier. It will just be the entire cast on the front of the church and all that. Speaking of Randall, 
I am so excited. He is on the show. He did so much better than I thought he would. And I love seeing this complexity of Lala and getting to see this other part of her life that hasn't been on screen before. So I'm on season four of uh, Vanderpump Rules right now, which is Lala's first season. And I, I love her right from the beginning. Like, I think it gets a bit sketchy later on. I haven't got there yet. Right. But right now, the way she's just handling James like a boss and all of, you know, I really like her. So now that I see her being strong and badass here as well, I have a lot of time for her. Like, she Shh. gives me a lot of good feels. Yeah, she is the James Whisperer, 100%. She's the only person that can handle though, just the beast to digress that's James. A little bit. James, season four, is absolutely batshit crazy. I mean, oh yeah, I think crazy. he still is. I feel like we're going to yeah. see a batshit crazy James next episode. I just think that's his MO, like seeing He's the so way abusive. he is from the beginning to even now with his girlfriend who's named Raquel. Yeah. It's really psychotically manipulative. He's a dark he dude. Stuff. So fucking dark. Anyway, that aside, I thought Yes, Randall, great addition. Loved him. They remind me a little bit of a, like a, a young version of PK and Dorit. Um, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I, I like that a little bit about them. Uh, but I'm pleased that Randall's on here. And I love that we get, I, I know that we, we're going to have to, the fact that it's Sir and Vanderpump Rules, we have to get new people in who are actually working at Sir. Right. <laughs> but I love these characters. And if they're not working at Sir, I'm glad that they're not just ditching them. I'm glad that we're getting a little bit more of their boyfriends and girlfriends and all of that stuff. Yeah, I wonder if there will be a spinoff show, if there will be two shows so Sir can continue having kind of young, sexy singles and there will also be a show for exer employees. <laughs> I know, it should be like the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Junior High. Or the Real Housewives of West Hollywood. Well, I guess yes. they don't all live or in West Valley. Hollywood, though. Yeah, they, yeah, the Real Housewives of the Valley. Let's do it. The Valley Let's of do the it. Dolls. <laughs> Guys, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Um, just before we move on, um, I just want to talk a little bit about the Ariana Lala Stasi conversation at the end because we've alluded, we've mentioned it a little bit earlier in the conversation right. that obviously Ariana's really, really struggling. She's in a actually a really worrying place, and yeah, I think just like Stasi and Lala are shocked to hear how bad she is. I think we are a little bit as well. I. I love how direct Lala and Stasi are just as people. And I like this sit down that they have with Ariana and being like, what's going on? Like, you know, we don't know. I like that she finally opens up to them and they're like, holy shit. Like we, we need to get you help. Tom needs to get you like, there needs to be some helping going on here. Cause it's in a dark place. Yeah. And I, I interestingly, and this is a little bit, um, out of the box, but I wonder how much responsibility as well the show and the producers take for that too, because seeing somebody who's obviously really super vulnerable that you are, to all intents and purposes, yeah. you know, responsible for in this particular format, um, I really hope that Bravo are looking after her too, offering her what she needs. But it's um, it's really, as somebody who's suffered from depression, it's really kind of triggering, I guess, to sit and right. watch her because I can feel what she's feeling. Like I, that kind of, you spend your whole time when you're depressed trying to put up this front and make it look like you're okay. That actually, you know, it becomes very, very difficult to let that guard down 
because that's your survival technique. So it's it's not surprising to me that she hasn't spoken about it. It's not surprising to me that it's a shock to Lala and Stasi. Um, but now that she has opened up, I really hope that she gets some help. I agree. Before we leave Vanderpump Rules, though, I do want to talk about one more thing, and I didn't mention this to you earlier, so sorry about that. My like for Max has gone down a little bit in his apparent confusion about what the word (laughs) exclusive means and how to him it doesn't mean that you're dating. It just means you're not sleeping with somebody else. You're still just having a good time, though. Like, Mm. So I put that out there to everybody to see maybe I was the one mistaking on what the definition of exclusive is. So let's see. No. Everybody agreed with me. (laughs) Because of course they did. Because Max is being so ridiculous. And it really angers me that, yeah, everybody said, Jay Hunter Smith says dating. Pamela Gordon, exclusive. A Reeves 08 says, dick goes to one person. Chloe Elizabeth 84, (laughs) don't date anybody else. Let's see. Does it? Here's my question, Mrs. though. Mrs. Socrates, and, and dating, Ama uh, Herzan, relationship. Right, we're so all it in does agreement. Mean boyfriend, girlfriend. It does mean boyfriend, girlfriend in the middle age term, or the, the middle age, the, the middle, middle school terms. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, uh, but, you know, we've all been there, though. We've all been there when the guy, like, goes, yeah, I'll be your boyfriend, and then goes cold on you, and you're like, and then 100%. Like, what the fuck happened? Turns We've around all and been runs. there, but we, I was fourteen. Uh, yeah, not not thirty. So no. that's awkward for Max. Anyway, it is super awkward. I also hope before we before either we turns do- it around or Dana finds somebody else. I like her a lot. I do too, and she does. I, if Max can pull it together, I think that's good. But if not, she needs to move the fuck on. Um, but before we go, we obviously find out this week that Lisa lost her mum as well. Yeah. And after losing her brother so suddenly last year and now her mum this year as well, that's a rough ride for her. And um, we love Lisa Vanderpump. So we do. We really send all our condolences to her. Absolutely. Big love to Lisa Vanderpump. Big motherfucking love. Shall okay. we uh, go to the shore? Oh, can we please? Because this was (laughs) a gift of an episode. It was a gift of an episode. It was a gift. It was also the finale, like we mentioned earlier. So this will be the last episode we talk about Real Housewives of New Jersey in the regular podcast. The show I would like to call, quote unquote, I was influenced. (laughs) I was influenced. Um, How, How does... Before we get into this, how does almost a 50-year-old woman bank all of her actions on the fact that she was influenced to do something? It was, it was peer pressure. I'm 50 years old. It was peer because pressure. she's a raging psycho bitch. I mean, what it's the not, fuck, man? I do not really use the word bitch because, honestly, I, I find bitch more offensive than cunt. Even in, like, the, the jovial bitch way? No, like, okay. I can sort of go... <laughs> Bitch, hey, rather than, hey, bitches. That's fine. But if I am calling somebody like, I'm angry and I'm calling you a bitch, like that is for me just the worst word. Right. So I use it, don't get me wrong, but rarely. But for Danielle, I'm going to use it. There's nothing else. There's just nothing else. She is, she is broken and damaged. Yes. 100%. Um, In all and- the wrong ways. 
having said that, I want to applaud Teresa for the Teresa that she has become today. Because can you just yes. take a minute to remember the Teresa of old? Like, we have never seen her own her shit, apologize, recognize when she's done something wrong, like she's doing now. And I think this plays into a little bit about what we're going to talk with her and Joe, because I think it, the, the inevitability of them not being together is because she has taken this experience, learned, changed, evolved, and he just hasn't. No. Um, I, I wrote down, what Teresa did was bad, but I'm loving this accountable Teresa. She feels bad about what she did. She apologizes. She owns it. She doesn't pressure Margaret into saying everything's okay, right? She gives her her space. This is a grown-up Teresa. Had this happened two seasons ago, shit would have hit the motherfucking fan. And it does at first. I mean, her first reaction is like, what the fuck? I don't want them to use this. You see all the producers and the camera people standing there. She's fucked. And she's well, really fucking she, pissed. She knows that the producers orchestrated this lunch with Melissa and Danielle right. for that piece of information to come out solely. That was the only reason. Well, and I feel like Teresa's always kind of felt untouchable on the show. She's been there the longest. She's freaked out the most and nothing's really kind of come back to her. So I think this is the first time the show is also making her accountable. But once she calms down... And everybody is like, just go have a word with her. You're friends. You do care about her. This Danielle psycho needs to stop. I, I loved the way she handled it after that. And the reality is, it's that you can do really bad shit. You can make really bad decisions. But the majority of decent people will accept an apology and, and move on. It might not t- happen instantly. But the majority of good people will accept an apology and allow you to rebuild. And I think that's the kind of secret to life, you know. And I feel like Teresa has finally cottoned on and got it. She's This whole process for her over the last four years has been so uh, transitional. And I feel she's emerging. And the way, and you can see it in the way that she handles the whole situation with Joe and the girls. Right. It's it's the same thing. She's she's just putting herself aside and doing what the girls need her to do. And staying calm. Um, since we've kind of, I guess, covered like the Marge stuff and all that, going to this Italy trip, she is so calm and collected when talking to Joe about their relationship <laughs> that, I don't know, it, it, it's, like I said, it's nice to see her kind of grown up I got really fucked off at Joe about this entire, like, weekend. Why wasn't he down there waiting for the car? That was the first thing I wrote. Like, you haven't seen your girls in a million years. You can't walk down the stairs and, like, greet them? He's he's just an unpleasant, Ugh. horrible human being. He has being. stayed the same. He has stayed yeah. the exact same through the entire, I think, what is this? Is this, like, season 15 or whatever of The Real Housewives of New Jersey? He has been the exact same motherfucker from, like, the very first episode. I There's been that no really growth. Takes, that really takes, like, considerable effort to not evolve. To not grow. <laughs> to not grow. Like, he's made a conscious yeah. effort to wake up and be the same kind of cunt that he was the day before, every single yeah. day of his life. And, and that is astounding, that after everything he's been through, he's still going, it was a bogus crime. 
I mean, right. babe, it wasn't a bogus crime. You got four years for a legit And you fucked crime. your family. You fucked yeah. your family, dude. Yeah, and I think there's no doubt in my mind, Teresa knew, has known right. for months, if not years, that she is not going to be able to rebuild this with him. Um, and she delivers it calmly. He, I mean, to give him credit, takes it like a champ. Right. Um, and I mean, he does act like a little bit of a baby about not being oh. able to sleep with her. Right. But in Joe, I mean, the fact that yeah. he even assumed that I know. that was going to happen. <laughs> Dude, like, not only have you not seen her for four years, but you have, like, even if you were going to get back together, this is the beginning of a long fucking right. journey back to a workable marriage. She's like, not going to just lay down just and open her legs, you even idiot. Even like, were you expecting to sleep with me? <laughs> <laughs> we all gipped a little bit. In a, yes, yes. I don't care how skinny you get, Joe. I don't want that anywhere near me. And I don't no, want you, anybody. And you know she's over him when she turns down the jewelry. Remember when they're like all in the jewelry shop and he yeah. and she's buying the necklace for Gia. And he's saying, What do you think about those three? Aren't they beautiful? Would you like those? She's like, No. Also, no, I don't. Joe, where the fuck have you got the money from to start buying diamond? Like even Hello. when do you know, even when he's in the chocolate shop and he buys those things and they're like 24 euros, I'm like, where's he going to get 24 euros from? Like, yeah. this guy doesn't even have an ID, an ID card. Like, yeah. He doesn't even have his passport this? yet. He has to pick where's it up on Monday. Where's he getting money from? Who knows? Ultimately, um, throughout this entire situation, my heart just breaks big time for the girls. Obviously, they're very oh. happy to see their father. They're happy to all be a family. This news is going to rock their world whenever Teresa decides to actually tell them. Um, my heart just breaks for them. Their family I, is, I don't know. But I think they're, I, sorry, go ahead. No, go on. You go. I think they're better in the long run. I think they're better in the long run for having a strong mom who is not going to go back to a shitty relationship. They will all come out better for it in the end. Well, and I also think it's an easier transition in a certain to a certain extent because, of course, he's in Italy and she's in America, and they can't even be on the same right. on the same continent. So I think while the kids will obviously be devastated, it's also not that it can't come as that much of a shock. Um, but I just also believe that Teresa is still just going to handle this as well as she possibly can. She's right. not going to make it ugly. She's not going to, you know, fight this out. She is, for the sake of the girls, going to do it the right way. And I have to say, I did sob when they just run up to their dad. Yeah. Because whatever I think of him, he's still their dad. Like, they right. still adore him. Um, so I did find it devastating because obviously you put it in context of your own kids and what they would Absolutely. be doing. You know, it's, it, right. it, it was a lot. So it was nice to see them have a good time as a family and they did, like sitting around the dinner table and making all that. I just thought, you know what? Teresa has to be held, given credit for making this Absolutely. possible. Even if it's just for the, I mean, they were only there for a weekend. Just kind of shocking. That's a big flight to do it's just a for a weekend. Um, but she made it happen. And I think that's just the person she is and the person she will continue to be. She will make fucking mistakes like we all do, but I think ultimately she's a new, she's a new Teresa and I'm looking forward to seeing her on another season and see Me the too. continued Although, growth. All these head honcho housewives are going to have to be careful because we see them falling like flies. Leanne Lockins just announced her departure from Dallas. Well, yeah. 
But I also think, I mean, saying that, Teresa shows up and works for her money. She really does. She is on every single episode. She lets them show whatever, even when she's embarrassed. She handles that. So she actually earns her money. I I wonder if it's all the, like, on the Leanne note, all of the racism that we saw last season. I wonder if it was, like, a mutual break. Yeah. I don't know. Like, she got fired, but we'll call it a mutual parting of ways. Yeah. But also, I've heard that, I mean, speaking of big housewives, that Tamara will actually be back on the next season as a friend. I just read an article about that the other day. So we'll see. Anyways. It is interesting. It is interesting. Um, Anyway, so I think we should finally finish off uh, this week's podcast with our usual trip down to Nashville. I love Going camping. Guys. I love these guys. Yeah. I love them. This show is so fun. I it's just a it's nice it's a nice palate cleanser actually. I like that it comes at the end of the week. It's an easy watch for me. Nobody's really starting a whole lot of shit. Yeah, I don't it's know. not dramatic. It's not drama for drama's sake. No. Um, no, I love it too. And this whole camping thing had me itch. Literally, I mean, I do love camping anyway. But I hate camping. to like pack up the car. <laughs> well, when you're in London, we're going to take you camping and you're going to fucking love it. Every bit of it. I'll give you enough beer. You can have beer at breakfast when you camp. That's what's Yeah, no, 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 no. So I am exactly, I feel like Justin, I'm exactly like Justin. I love the idea of camping. I have such a romantic view of it, of like having a good night's sleep and a tent and all this bullshit. It's not fucking true. It never happens that way. It's all bullshit. I don't actually like camping. I love the thought of it. I'll stay in a cabin. I don't like sleeping on the ground. Oh, no, I don't sleep on the ground. I take blow-up mattresses. Like when I go... Like Jimmy has to stop me putting throw... Like throw cushions, scatter cushions in the... Oh, well, I won't stop you. No, so I we'll take just get like a two big, big cars queen, and yeah. blow up, duvet sheets, no sleeping bags. I take pillows, throws, fairy lights, like the whole shebang. It's okay. It's, a, I it's like a yurt. Like when we went to Bestival yeah. and we had that beautiful tent. It's like that. Maybe yeah. just not with beds. Yeah. But blow up beds, but good ones. Yeah. I'm down with that. We'll make it happen yeah. with the kids. And as I said, beer. Lots and lots of beer and drink. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Um, All right. So sorry. they go off camping. I love these city folks in the wild. Uh, Other than know, Jay, watching... Jay's totally in his element. My love for Jay <laughs> runs deeper every week. Like I'm actually getting a little bit red. You are. I know. I'm <laughs> love I it. Genuinely, I'm like head over heels in love with them. Um, but also when he drops his phone in the river, I'm like, yeah, that, that's me. Like, when it's in the river, it's in the river. There's nothing you can do about it. But it doesn't even phase him. I think you'd freak out a little bit more. Like, it would be an issue that you didn't have your phone. His, but the thing is, I, I, once it's in the river, I yeah, genuinely would be, I'd be more freaked out if I had it and dropped it and smashed it all up. I'd be like, fuck, that's annoying. Yeah, yeah. But if it goes into the river, I'd be like, Okay, well, there's literally nothing I can do about that. And I love Scoop's right. comments like, do you have Find Your iPhone? <laughs> like anybody's going to jump in that gross-ass river and get he's it. Like, Jay's like, I-, I know where it is. I just, uh, I just I'm not going to get it. Get it. No. But I also love that he's doing the majority of the work and she's sitting there drinking in the canoe. Yes. I yeah, love the whole such thing. Such a good and man. I love, and it's interesting. I see Scoot and, and um, Justin kind of 
like, you know, a little bit of tete-a-tete against each other. They're a little And it's obviously because there's this big fucking elephant in the room. They're not a team at the moment. Yeah. He's on this side. She's on. He's on that side. Um, and just watching them kind of spar a little bit. And I love Be a little bitchy makes, to each other. A little oh, bit yeah. bitchy. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I feel good about what those two, where they are now. Totally. I mean, I think we could, we'll just jump ahead. Um, I love that we finally see them actually talking. Scoot and Justin, at the end of the episode, we see them sit down and Justin finally fucking opens up to Scoot and tells him everything he's been telling the whole goddamn country about. But actually he gives him him. more. Like he gives him a little bit more. It was really interesting to hear that he has real insecurities about the age difference. And that that is, and I think actually now I think about it, that plays a really big part in his decision as to whether like to marry and feel comfortable about marrying Scoot when he's so much younger. So now that they finally have this conversation, Scoot feels more comfortable. I feel more comfortable Thank about the God. whole thing. Thank God. We're all more if comfortable you, we're, about we're their all relationship. more comfortable. We know <laughs> that this is going to go in the right place. But just totally. then, dude, just get there a little bit quicker. Yeah, yeah. Just talk to him. Scoot's a really lovely, decent dude. You just need to talk to him. And honestly, I mean, that's a lesson we can all take to all of our relationships. Instead of holding it in and telling yourself all these bullshit stories about what the other person thinks, just sit down and have a conversation because you'll find out all those stories are bullshit and your partner does not think the worst fucking things in the world about you. 100%. And also, I thought it was quite interesting when he was getting some uh, information, some support from Kristen, that we found out that Kristen and Jay's road to kind of happily ever after wasn't as smooth as everybody thinks it was, you know, she no, gave, or traditional. She called off the engagement, she got pregnant, you know, it was all these things. And I think what Justin is realizing is that there is no happily ever after. There is no, she says marriage is really, really hard work. And she's yeah. absolutely right. It just is. And um, I think if you love somebody as much as I think Justin and Scoot love each other, then that's the best place to start. It's as good a place to start as any. Absolutely. I mean, you don't want to start with someone you hate, so... No, that would suck. You know, that's not a good way. (laughs) (laughs) But also what we see. fucking obvious. Yeah. (laughs) We also see Brittany kind of clash with Kristen in this episode because she somehow lies about what she's done at work because her life is in such disarray. Now, I will have to say, I did write this down. I feel like kind of a dick about it. But all of these single young people are complaining about how the balance in their life is so hard. And I a hundred percent did it too in my twenties, but it is a hell of a lot easier when you're not dealing with kids and a marriage and all that shit. So actually Kristen has the most complicated life out of everyone. So you need to be on your game, my friend. hundred (laughs) percent. I'm with you. Totally. That being said, yeah, I can give somebody like when you're, if you've been in a relationship for four years and you've been living with them and and you break up, like there is going to be a period of kind of craziness. There's going to be right. a period of her not really knowing left from right, up from down, going out, doing all of that. Um, and I think this is good. I think even Kristen accepts that, but I think this mistake is the point where she goes, and now it's enough. Now you need to well, get because back on I the train. The mistake isn't the issue I have. It's the lying about it. I have the exact yeah. same issue as Kristen. Like, you fuck up, you fuck up. Everybody is going to fuck up. It doesn't matter how much you've got going on or, I mean, whatever. Like, everybody will fuck up. As long as you own your fuck ups, 
that's fine. You lie yeah. about your fuck-ups, and that's an issue. And I, I didn't even understand. Like, maybe she didn't end up lying about it. Like, she put it in the system so that, like, when it checked out, it was on sale. But the sale prices, I don't, I don't know. Anyways, she didn't do what she was supposed to do. Next time, you just need to own up to that fact. You don't need to hide it. Yeah. And you know what? It's the ultimate problem, the juggle struggle, whether you've got kids or not. Like, you know, you can only work with what you've got. And if she's struggling, she has to find a way to balance it. Like, she's been partying too hard and her work's affected. So she's got to sort that shit out. And do it now, babe, while you don't have any kids, by the way. Because you think it's hard now. (laughs) Well, like I said, we've said numerous times, before you know, you don't know. So, you know, it is what it is. But, also, uh, just before we before we go away from Brittany, yeah. um, I do love when obviously Kristen and, and J- uh, Jay are in the home office and she's like, I'm going to check on NetSuite and see. And he's like, digital fingerprints. I think that's a thing. I'm like, mm, I think it's digital <laughs> footprints, but but that's that's fine. But that's yeah. the reason why I just love him so much. <laughs> I mean, if anybody has missed it, Kat has a massive crush on Jay. I don't it's know if we've been clearer. <laughs> <laughs> going a little out of hand. It's crossing all sorts and, of lines and boundaries. I, I'm going to have to try and rein it in. Every, I'm looking at Jimmy now, and every time I look at him, it's just like, like a little bit less good than Jay. Like it's not, it's not having a positive impact. You know what? Jimmy would rock those overalls. I thought the same thing. I was like, that's exactly <laughs> what Jimmy would turn up wearing for camping. Ooh, maybe I'll have a look for him. And if I can't get him, I, I, there's no way I can get him before Saturday, but maybe I can get him before April. So you can go home with like a really nice gift for him from oh Florida. Oh my God, he would fucking love a <laughs> pair of like overalls like that. It would be yeah. right up his strata. We'll find him. You can um, have a little bit of Jay and he'll love it too. So it, it's a present for you both, really. And he can wear them when I make you all come camping with us. Yeah, yeah. Just think the kids will be running around. It'll be fun. <laughs> we'll be drunk. <laughs> we are superb parents. <laughs> superb parents. Anyway, we've got a busy week coming up. As I said at the beginning of the thing, we're going to have lots of yeah. Instagram spam. So make sure that you are following us. We will be recording a special guest podcast on Tuesday. We might give you a little heads up there. Might even do a bit of a live at some point during the Ooh, week. Ooh, that'd be so great. Let's do that. it. Um, All right, kids. But in the meantime, have a great week. And remember, smart people watch reality TV too. 100%. Bye-bye. Bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Oh,